I won't use my stage voice. <laughs> oh yeah, does this, is there such a thing as a stage voice when you're audio recording? Uh, well, you train yourself to talk to a space much larger than you know the rooms we're in, but I'm not going to practice that right now. <laughs> but I mean, I wonder, like, is it applicable to to audio recording? Right? Like, is it? Do you have to talk differently when you're talking into a microphone for clarity? I don't know. Things I should probably know since I'm podcasting. <laughs> I mean, I'd imagine you need like a good microphone so it doesn't just blow out if you like talk too loudly. Like, or maybe you'd have to be further away from it. There are things you do for vocal acting, like paying attention to certain consonant sounds, like your plosives, like those things that like really make the microphone pop. <laughs> do I know how to do that? No, but that I just know about it. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why they have like the little foam on the microphones, right? It's to, to like lessen the impact of your plosives. Yeah. You know, which sounds like military grade, like, you know, <laughs> watching your plosives, you know, but here we are. You are listening to REPPA semi-official, quasi-professional, locally-sourced podcast of the Pioneer Valley Performing Arts Charter Public School. I am Austin, the librarian, and I am here with the illustrious Jen, one of the theater teachers. Hello. Jen, um, I've heard through the grapevine uh, and the Paideia catalog that you are directing a play in the spring. I am. We are doing an all-school adaptation, of devised adaptation of the Odyssey. So it's currently being titled The Odyssey Project as a working title, but it will become something else. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So, so you're doing a play about a guy who goes on an epic adventure uh, while we all can't leave our bedrooms? Yes. We are creating a metaphor for this time through the play. The epic adventures that we've all gone through during 2020 and beyond, since they're, since they're clearly extending. <laughs> Uh, either way, gives us something to look forward to. So I'm also joined by, on uh, I believe they say on the radio, on Stereo Right, um, by the very classically named William from the ninth grade. So, so Will. Yes. How does it feel to be you know, making the jump from middle school to high school? Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's definitely a lot different um, being online, I'm sure. Um, but it's, it's just a very different schedule. And it's just weird to say that I'm in ninth grade because I really don't feel like I'm in ninth grade. Um, but I mean, it's going pretty well so far. I mean, what did you imagine ninth grade to feel like? Oh, I don't know. I just like, like, I mean, just picturing like ninth grade as obviously in person. So I never thought of it as like this. So it just feel it doesn't feel right yet. But, you know, getting used to it. <laughs> More classes on the second floor. Oh yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's precisely what I was going to say. Does it feel something like spending time on the second floor of PVPA? <laughs> Definitely not as many feet to lock up. <laughs> Are you at least on the second floor of your home? Um, I used to be, and then my camera on my laptop broke, so now I'm downstairs again. <laughs> well, at least you're not in an annex. That's true. <laughs> so, all right, welcome once again to uh, RAPVPA. I'm very glad to have you guys on. Um, I have to say, I think this is one of the easiest to set up uh, sort of podcast appearances I've, I've had yet. Um, so thank you guys for making my life easier. Um, and Will, 
have you brought a piece of weird news to share with us to make our lives not necessarily weird, uh, easier, but weirder? Uh, I most definitely did. Um, the uh, title of this news page that I found is um, Knife-Wielding Squirtle Spotted in Toronto. Um, so basically, there's this... Um, there's just this squirrel, and it, he's got a knife, and there's a local in Toronto um, comments about it saying, like, at first they saw the they saw the squirrel, and they were like, okay, it just has a knife, and they dropped it, and so they figured they wouldn't pick it back up, but then they come back later, and the squirrel's got the knife again, and, and the squirrel is just gnawing at it, like, just completely biting it, like, chewing it up, and the first thought, which I, this is the part I love, the first thought is that the person in Toronto is like is not just thinking they're just chewing on a knife just randomly. They think that they're sharpening their teeth, which is, I, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts about that. Yeah, I mean it. It did look like it was. It looked like it was trying to eat it, like it was a food item. Um, but that was kind of crazy. I mean, it could. Yeah, it could be sharpening its teeth. I don't know. I haven't had a pet in a while, so I don't. I don't know if that's like an instinct of animals to do that, to chew on something sharp. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, it's going to hurt itself. The blade is right in its little mouth. But <laughs> that's where my mind went. This poor squirrel is going to hurt itself. Meanwhile, it could have attacked me if I went near it. So maybe I shouldn't be so kind. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the wild part is, is that it went back to the knife. Yeah. Like it didn't drop it and be like, oh yeah, this was a bad idea. I came back and clearly thought, hey, this is a good idea. Yeah, like at first it was probably thinking like, oh, this is food, then realized it wasn't. Then it came back and it's like, this could be a weapon now. <laughs> it was holding it like a weapon at one point. Yeah. And I thought, oh wow, this could be rather interesting. I mean, because there's a lot of squirrels where I live <laughs> um, that are roaming the land. And like, what would happen? What would happen if there was like a huge... I don't know what you call a group of squirrels, like gaggle of squirrels. If there was like a gaggle of squirrels with knives, what kind of damage could that inflict? I don't know. Tires slashed everywhere. Oh, yeah. 2021 is the year where squirrels evolved to use weapons is, I think, what we're getting to. It would not <laughs> surprise me at all if that was the next thing that happened. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This went dark places. I mean, I prefer to think of like the first thing they would do is just find a way to safely cross the street. So you just have like armed squirrel patrols stopping cars so squirrels could run across the street and then change their mind halfway back, you know, three quarters of the way back safely. Oh, yeah. I feel like that'd be very high on their agenda. Crossing the street. <laughs> you know, the squirrel's right to change their mind halfway through and not have <laughs> cars swerve and cuss them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like that's that's my experience with squirrels at any rate. Yeah, definitely. They just they just go right in the street and then they like pause for a second to think if they really want to get to the other side that better, if they just want to be an inconvenience and go back. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you're driving, you just don't have time to do any sort of reaction to that. So then hence problems happen. <laughs> yes, and so arming squirrels is a way of getting back. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's a terrible movie title. Like it'd be like you know, knife wielding squirrel, roadkill revenge. Like this is great. <laughs> that'd be terrible. That would be. Uh, oh, all right. I'm sorry I said that. Uh, all right. So, oh boy, 
I don't even know how to transition out of that now. I've dug myself <laughs> into the hole. Um, so we'll move on from that because, quite frankly, we didn't come here to talk about uh, squirrels or you know squirrel violence or squirrel bandits or squirrel anything. We're here actually to answer real questions from real members of the PVPA community. Or at least they're, they're real as far as we can tell, because some of them may be using pseudonyms, but we don't judge um, too much. So, Jen, what's the first question we have up today? Okay, so our first question is from Jay, who asks, what is the strangest story you have about PVPA? Okay, I definitely have a lot for this one. I'm only going to use one. I'm going to use one of my favorite ones and one that wouldn't really, you know, get people in trouble or anything like that. Uh, so <laughs> one of my stories <laughs> is um, back in eighth grade when it was my uh, my 14th birthday. Um, at first I was just like chilling in the, uh, at the back of the school, you know, behind the school where all those, uh, the like line of like small trees is. And um, so I'm just sitting there and then another one of my friends comes over and he's like holding, um, like a plastic bag and I can't really make out what it is. And he, he gets a little bit closer and he like unveils the bag dramatically because I mean, that's what when we're theater students. Uh, and so he opens it and he shows uh, it's a, it's a cake. It's a cake for, for me and it's a unicorn cake. So it, it's great. It's awesome. So we get like a bunch of people to come around and we all sit around and we're, we're going to uh, originally the plan was we're going to go eat this cake and celebrate my birthday. That's what we were originally going to do. And then a friend sitting next to me shouts out, what if we uh, threw it in Will's face? So that slowly became the consensus. <laughs> I have a video of this too. But there's just, um, <laughs> so they, we get like two friends to like pretty much like hold, like hold back my hair so I didn't really get any cake in my hair. And then the other two just like shove the cake in my face. And then for a week I had like sugar and frosting like in my hair I had like when I went to my next class which was um Jorge's theater class I had to like excuse myself if I could go like wash frosting like off my clothes because it was just everywhere and it just became whole huge so you were totally complicit with that oh yeah no I was I was excited (laughs) there was something I wanted (laughs) (laughs) that um doesn't particularly surprise me but um that is a strange way to celebrate with cake. Yeah. And then I also got the the uh, joyful act of like just reaching in and just grabbing a piece of cake with my hand and just eating it because no one else is going to eat it after that, even before COVID. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Sharing food is weird now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real, I thought for a moment there, you're going to say my friends came up to me with a plastic bag and they whipped it off in dramatic fashion. There was a squirrel. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> Austin, do you have any strange stories about PVPA? Oh man, um, <laughs> I have to say, um, I think, gosh, it's a, as I'm in my third year here now, and I have to say, this is a really, really hard question because I feel like PVPA has just totally warped my sense of what strange actually is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like I say this, like not only because, you know, I, I have other schools to compare this to, like not only, you know, my high school experience, which is, you know, in the past, obviously, so is by definition different, but like my partner teaches at a school. So like I hear stories from other schools on a literal daily basis. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like I, I, I can't like any day here, any given day here, what I'll, what I'll see or what I'll talk to students about 
you know, would qualify for be like a noteworthy conversation from other from other <laughs> other school days. Um, so like I, my first year here, I was foolish enough to try and start a log because I thought this was going to be a manageable task. Um, so I looked back through that and I found one that I just remember like I was walking in the library and a student uh, popped out of uh, Jim's room 303. And, I, and looked at me, looked me dead in the eye and said, Austin, you by any chance don't happen to have a panini maker? <laughs> no context, zero context. It's, you know, if I had a panini maker, I, I had to think for like a solid 30 seconds. Not because that I don't know that I don't, not because I don't know that I don't have a panini maker, because I certainly don't, but I just didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> like, did you have one in the library just hanging out behind the desk? Is that what the question was? I, I, I think no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, no context. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> it was just one of those. I mean, oh, I, I doubt it can match anything from the theater department, but you know, that was just what sticks out in my mind is like an early introduction to like, this place is going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely have like, I don't know. I feel like strange things happen in theater classes every single day. So they start to blend together. But I think probably the strangest things I've heard about have been around productions that have happened in the past. Um, so Austin, you and I started at the same time three years ago, but but prior to us, there were some productions that I wasn't a part of that sounded just rather chaotic or um, I don't know. There was one. There was one production that Martin shared about with me that happened when we used to do shows at the Academy of Music in Northampton. It was a satire that had to, um, it was, it was satir satirizing certain aspects of the Bible, maybe through a queer lens, something like this, a play that I'm not familiar with. And it caused a lot of controversy, <laughs> um, uh, which satire often does. And then just other shows that were kind of experiments that were Sounded pretty awesome, but also really chaotic. So those were the kinds of things that I've I've heard about. You can't beat theater like for what I call war stories, right? Like people just like <laughs> sitting around and reminiscing about things that have happened in the past. You know, it just it's one of these like communal things that people just you know they have this great experience together, and then you know, like people just you know sort of talk about it and respin it sort of again and again and again. Right. And like, and you're in, in theater, Will, right? Like, are you taking theater classes this semester? I mean, clearly you're in Gen, one of Jen's classes. I am. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually in two acting technique classes, one taught by Jen and one taught by Emma. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I the whole theater department. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you going to be in this Odyssey play then? I am actually. I'm going to be in that next semester. And I'm also in the uh, short film uh, class with Melissa. So I'm going to have a lot of acting stuff to do. And I'm really excited about that, actually. I think in context, this means you're going to have a lot of strange stories to tell. Oh, about. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just from what we did with um, the Twelfth Night play, that I have just so many just from that, like so many strange experiences from that. <laughs> that project was, I wish we could have done it. That was the most incredible devising experience ever. <laughs> yes, I do remember you guys taking over the library, not yeah. in free <laughs> Taking over is is the right word. Yeah. And that's fine. Like I love it. But uh, it's it's just too funny. Like it, you know, I I always tell people that, you know, 
they're not going to believe me at library conferences, right? When all the librarians get together and talk about what happens in their library. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, do you have a devised theater class meet in your library every Thursday? <laughs> yeah, I think when, when um, so I like to work on a large scale and um, what that ends up looking and sounding like is that my classes are, they sound crazy and they're chaotic and there's like maybe only 20 people there, but it seems like 90. So that's, I think one of the days, that's what it felt like when we were up in your library in the winter. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's time, our cue to move on to maybe a less strange question. Uh, Will, what do we have next? Um, Yeah, I have a question from Kyle um, and it is, would you rather be able to see your own future or be able to see other people's future? Um, I love this question, but it's so hard. It's like mm, yeah, kind of terrifying to think about. And so I was kind of thinking about this, like part of me would love to see what my future looks like because, um, you know, maybe I could understand why I'm going through something in the present moment or something, something that feels challenging. Like what might this be leading towards? Um, and I think sometimes like if I knew what was going to happen, maybe I would stop worrying about the future and just be more present in the present moment. That would be kind of a nice way to live. But then I would probably like, I don't know, I think life would be boring. Like there's a, there's a lot of kind of improvisation to living and a sort of electricity to each moment that that you would probably lose if you knew the future. You can still say that after 2020. I admire you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look at the future for 2020, like imagine all the spoilers. Like you would just like, I don't know if you would want to call them spoilers, but like no one would believe you ever. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> so even if you did know the future, like even if you knew the future for someone else, they would be like, that's not even, that's so absurd. I'm not going to listen yeah. to you. <laughs> Till it starts to come true. <laughs> <laughs> um, is like if you knew your own future, uh, is it set in stone or if you knew it, would it then become one of those time things where like, if you don't do anything, will you still achieve it? Like if it's a goal or something, like it's one of those things yeah. that, like, it's hard to think about. <laughs> Isn't there a movie kind of on this topic? I'm not, I'm not the movie buff in this group. <laughs> um, I'd be sure that there most definitely is. I mean, like you can go like classically back to the future that's definitely a time travel thing but i feel like there's something specifically towards this i have to remember though so i think there's a nicholas cage movie about this where he can see like two minutes into the future oh yeah i think you're right Wait, like what? the whole the whole thing leads up to like the the way like it changed obviously because he can like recalibrate and change his actions and then see in the future you know again and this helps him do apparently a lot of things but i think one of like one of the twists is that like he always sees the same future at one point he's like oh my god there's nothing we can do to do something you know to prevent this or do something so spoilers for anyone who wants to watch <laughs> none of us can identify <laughs> try googling nicholas cage movie and see what you get it feels like knowing the future for other people though would be kind of a really crushing responsibility like if i if i had that capacity i would be just so enveloped in my own anxiety around like should I tell that person or not what's gonna happen (laughs) that's that seems like a hard weight to handle 
Yeah, definitely. Would you know that you know, though? Or, like, do you have a choice about how to figure it out? Because I think of, like, in mythology, there's all kinds of, like, soothsayers and, you know, sort of, you know, wise men and women in the in the woods that you go to to, like, have them predict the future. And it's not like they're just sitting around waiting for you. They, like, go and they throw things in a cauldron. They're like, oh, yeah, um, you know, you're going to die on a hill in Scotland somewhere. And, you know, and, like, you know, but they don't necessarily just know that, right? Um so that would be interesting. Like just, you know, you have this divining power for other people. Yeah, totally. You know, that kind of makes sense because I've become absolutely obsessed with astrology in 2020. I've always been interested, but then I think now because I, I'm like, there's no explanation that I can place on what's happening. So I'm just going to go to the stars and um, it somehow makes sense, more sense to me than anything else. <laughs> so every single one of my classes, we talked about the great conjunction, every single one of my classes. Um, and <laughs> so that is, a, to me, that's a form of like, oh, here's what might happen based on where the stars are. So maybe I take back my answer on that. I have not studied astrology sort of in depth, so I don't know. But I guess it is no better or worse in the, you know, 2020 AD of trying to predict the future. Um, I definitely, I'm actually also pretty interested in it. Jen actually has made me slightly interested in it because of the classes where you have talked about it. Like, yes! I genuinely <laughs> like, oh, I wonder what it'll happen. Like, I genuinely curious about it. I haven't looked into it. I know my sister's also interested, so I'm, I mean, we might, we might start looking into it a little bit. So I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, that just made my whole day. Thank you. <laughs> well, it looks like I have homework to do then. Oh, Austin, don't worry. I'll send you stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I will look forward to it. Then we then then we will go somewhere, the three of us in a, in the woods, and set up set up shop and have people come to us for predictions about their future. <laughs> you know, if, if this whole uh, you know theater thing doesn't work out. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so I guess we can move on to question, uh, a third question, uh, which is actually a pretty simple question. Uh, thank you, Kaylin, who submitted this. Um, but it's a simple question that I suspect is going to have a fairly complex answer. Um, and I see Will rubbing his hands together. <laughs> uh, and the question is this, what is your favorite movie and Why? Yeah, see, this this is a very difficult question for me because I've seen so many and there's so many like great movies. One that I always go back to is like one of my favorites is I always say like just like if someone asked me, I like panic and forget all of them, except what I always had of like my first favorite movie was Fight Club. Not like my first movie I've ever watched, but it was like first like movie. I was like, this is really good. And so that was definitely like my first favorite. But now it's like it's changed so much. I It's a very difficult question for me to answer. Um, I I think of recent movies, I've really enjoyed um, the movie Parasite. Uh, I could possibly say that it is my favorite as of now because it's just so good because it just starts one way and just switches genres. Just It's it's really incredibly done. And it is also the first Korean film to win an Oscar, which is a really awesome. But it's I think that might be one of my favorite movies. It's definitely, yeah. I've seen it relatively recently, probably last year, but it was very good. Yeah. I said that is a great movie. Well, thanks for yeah. reminding me of that. <laughs> do you have a favorite movie, Jen? I do, but oh my gosh, I have more than one. Yeah, see, that's my problem too. <laughs> like I have like four more like in the back of my mind right now, just thinking about it. 
All right. So I'll share like my, my one movie that I, when people ask this question, I always think of Slumdog Millionaire, which came out in um, 2008. That was Dev Patel's breakout film. I love that movie. It's kind of this incredible story. Um, I mean, if you've seen it, like this boy who goes through these hardships and then ends up on this hugely popular game show with a very unlikely win. Um, and then ends with a scene of Bollywood dancing, which is like, what is better than that? So I just love that movie. Um, and But then uh, like Moonlight, the one that won the Oscar oh, like three okay. years ago, such an incredible film. Um, and then this year, probably the favorite movie I saw this year was something called The 40-Year-Old Version. Not, it's V-E-R-S-I-O-N, any of you out there listening. Really reminds me. By this artist named Rada Blank, and she she's breaking into, she's like, it's kind of autobiographical. Um, it was on Netflix. I thought it was so incredible. Just an incredible piece of storytelling. And bizarrely parallel like the first 15 minutes of that movie were bizarrely parallel to my own life when I lived in New York so I, I was like so emotionally affected I had to like leave the room take a break <laughs> I was like oh my god who's putting my life up there <laughs> anyway so it's obviously totally different than my life but it was it was a brilliant movie so just to confirm this is New York's New York New York so like when you lived in New York City yeah 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 New York okay yeah that's much more dramatic than if you were like Albany <laughs> no. Yeah. New York City. She's she's making a film about her artistic adventures in New York City. It does sound adventurous. Yeah. How about yours, Austin? What's your top film? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Well, I mean, my default answer is always going to be The Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> because like like the like the book, right, the entire series is technically one movie or one or one book, right? Like that's how Tolkien wrote it. They the publisher and other people had to break it down into different chunks because otherwise it's just this massive tome. And similarly with the movies, right? Even the way they were filmed, right? They're filmed all at once, right? So inside in, I consider them essentially one massive movie. Um but I always I always like these favorite questions because they bring up the idea of like what favorite means, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, favorite is one of these superlatives like best, worst, you know, and so on and so forth. And I find it fascinating, but like, because research shows that as like mature human beings, we actually don't have favorites until we're asked the question. Mm. Right. Because our experiences are so varied that it's not something we do, like, you know, as sort of mature human beings, like very as very small children, sure, right? Because our, our, our experience is so limited. But, you know, like all of us have seen multiple movies, right? And then like all multiple movies are part of our, our experience and sort of self-definition. Um, and that we just don't go around ranking them. Like, this is not something our subconscious works on, right? And so, like, the act of picking a favorite is one that's almost always done in the moment, right? And I think I think that's fascinating. I mean, just to watch, like, watch it work in the moment when someone's asked that, right? Because they'll be like, oh, and hem and ha, and, like, all these. Ex and I, I don't know. Like, I find that very interesting. You know, favorites are not, not a natural thing, almost. Yeah. It's definitely really interesting, like, now that you say that, because I never thought of it that way, because, like, every single time I ask my favorite for like anything, everything else that I've like ever experienced in that like specific question just goes out the window. Like I just, I cannot remember anything. Like someone asks like, what's my favorite song? Just everything disappears. Same with like movies and TV shows. It's just, it never, it's so hard to answer because you just never rank them. It probably also has something to do with memory because 
for me, when I get asked that question, I'm like, wait, I don't even remember what I saw. <laughs> so it's kind of like what has stuck with me after a certain amount of time, like what has made a really strong impression. Yeah. And like, there's so many, like, I hate to be pedantic, right. But there's so many, um, categories of favorite, like what is my, you know, favorite movie overall versus like, you know, I pick Lord of the Rings cause that's had the most impact on me as a person. Right. right. But like, what's my favorite romantic comedy, right. It's not Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> or, you know, or what's my favorite like action movie or which is also not Lord of the Rings. Right. Like, or what's my favorite movie in a particular genre. And like, those are all valid. Right. Because enjoying movies is not something that necessarily should be ranked or enjoying anything. Yeah. I think. That's my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I imagine the same thing goes with any kind of like visual art. And like, also now that you say that, like, I was just thinking like when you were saying that, like, oh, I have a favorite for like every genre. Like when you said that, I was like, I know I could probably pick one for, or like try and pick one for every genre. And then we could, as we, we talked in the, actually in the last podcast about like what genre means a little bit, it's like, oh, well, genres are so broad and these are false distinctions. And, you know, once you really go down the rabbit hole, like you basically it's like, oh, why do I bother to choose anything? Um, but, you know, it's a fun exercise, right? <laughs> and certainly like nothing sticks with you like a movie in some ways. Yeah. It's a very specific, you know form of art that's like it can feel really personal especially like with how close you can get to like the performers and stuff i don't i wait i might debate that a little bit so this so i'm not for whatever reason i'm not the most avid movie watcher which doesn't really make sense compared to what i'm about to say because when i watch i'm like a i'm like a what do you call it an over empath so watching movies can be very stressful for me I'm, it's like it's happening to me. Like right. I'll be watching a movie. Like <laughs> if I was in the theater with you, you'd be so irritated by my behavior. I'm like pulling my <laughs> knees up to my face. I'm like moving around. I'd probably grab onto you. It's just like a physical experience. So it's like I don't I don't go into them so easily. However, I will sit and binge watch a show like right. four episodes in a row, which is probably like watching two movies. Um, but, but because you can do that now, cause we can watch these shows for, for that long, sometimes they stay with me because I've just watched them for a longer amount of time. Like yeah. The characters have stayed. Yeah. Actually, now that you bring up like TV shows and movies, I do kind of agree with that. Cause sometimes like TV shows, you just get attached with the characters also much like more cause you're just with them for much longer. So I, I do definitely agree with that as well. Here's a question though. Like, with the sort of advent and advent and now seeming dominance of streaming, right? Like at what point are TV shows and movies going to just sort of blend together, right? Because remember like TV shows used to be defined by, you know, sort of external factors, right? Like cable and like time slots on air and so on and so forth, right? So like is, I can't think of any Netflix show right now. Uh, the Queen's Gambit, right? Like a 13 or eight episodes or something like that. Is that just a super long movie? Right. Or would a movie about the same subject just be a super short TV show? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a great question. <laughs> and, and then, of course, because I'm thinking about like some conversations I'm having with other theater professionals like the the way the theater world is working is very clearly going to be embracing live capture theater um, filmed for audiences to see 
like moving forward, like people anticipate that happening perpetually now. So that's now another level of like a genre blend, like theater and film coming together. This is another weird thing of 2020. Our (laughs) genres don't mean anything anymore. What will we do? Like that's (laughs) another distinction is like, you don't go to a movie theater to watch a TV show. You watch it at the comfort of your home. But now with streaming services, a lot of movies are being released on streaming services. So it's it's also, that's another thing that's kind of getting too similar. <laughs> I don't know. Even if obviously we, we, we none of us have answers. Um, like, I think it's just interesting to think about as we go forward in the future, right? Like, as you intelligently consume media, right? Because that's what it's all about. Right. That's my librarian's check coming. <laughs> think about the stuff you're consuming, people. <laughs> Also, write down all these recommendations. <laughs> so moving on from great movie recommendations, let's move on to our fourth and uh, probably final question. So, Will, who has written in to ask us something? Um, so Luna has asked us, when you were a kid, what was your least favorite school subject? <laughs> um, do you want to go, Austin, or I can respond to this? Uh, I think you should respond, Jen. <laughs> um, so my least favorite class was gym. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> for me, it was torture to be in gym class because I was really self-conscious and just felt really awkward in there. And I wasn't, I've never been particularly very good at hand-eye coordination, which I, um, you know, I thought a lot about admitting that on a, on a podcast <laughs> because <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, like I would play softball with, in our gym class and I would be so afraid that the pitcher was going to throw the ball at my head that I'd like move out and swing this bat in some weird direction. Um, golf. I don't know, whatever we played. I went to some big suburban high school that we did tons of sports that I was so not into um, and just felt very... I also went to a school where it was like, and and at the time I went to school, like there was definitely like a mean girls culture. So um, there was a lot of judgment going around (laughs) and therefore that affected my gym class performance. Even though I like, I've trained as a, in dance classes my whole life. I've done like physical theater, but gym was horrible. So hang on. I'm still stuck on, but you played golf in high school. (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately yes i mean now that i think about it we could hear at pvpa as well oh, but yeah. like yeah you know uh but still like it's just not something you hear like oh yeah in gym class we went and you know putted a few, <laughs> putted a few <laughs> rounds. you know i've never had a gym class experience because i was homeschooled before pvpa and the pvpa doesn't have a gym class so i never had I was, I was never in a gym class before this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we'd always play outside, but that's a lot different between like playing with your sibling and your dad for homeschooling and going to a gym class. <laughs> yes. There's no lockers unless you live in a <laughs> exactly strange house. Never used lockers. <laughs> oh, right. There's no lockers at PVPA. Wow. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh goodness! Yeah, <laughs> this deep, this gym class, no gym class conspiracy, just keeps going deeper and deeper. <laughs> what about your least favorite class, um, Austin? In math. Oh yeah. Um, 
like I don't want to knock math because we just had a lovely conversation on the last podcast about you know the the, the interestingness and the usefulness of math. Um, but I will say, like, the reason I found, uh, found math challenging was because I just find it and still do find it hard to do in the moment. Right. It, you know, there's there's dyslexia that runs in my family. Um, and while I've never been like sort of formally diagnosed and it's not to the level that actually impedes me doing anything like it. Yeah, I think it shows up in when I try and manipulate numbers. Like one of the things I'll frequently do is I'll swap the last two numbers. Mm. It, there's a string of them, which when I worked in retail for a while was real interesting because I'd have to triple check the, uh, the the sense I was giving back to people. Right. Um, but, you know, just for that reason, I disliked math class um, just because it was sort of like in the moment, like physically, not maybe not physically, but like, you know, difficult for me to process the numbers, you know, which was fine. Yeah. Like I got over it. I mean, what about you, Will? Um, be very I, careful of what you say. I know, if you like, say theater, you're not going to leave this podcast. You can go to Finn and you're my teachers. Um, <laughs> think of, I don't know. I am trying really hard to think because there's definitely aspects of like all subjects that I actually genuinely enjoy. Um, Good answer, Will. I know. I'm really playing this to see what I can do here. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like I, I've never been like great at math but it's not something like i look i actually genuinely like math homework sometimes because it's really i i'm a kind of person that i love to listen to music while i do homework and math is something that for some reason i can do that um so i do actually enjoy that and i yeah i really don't know i mean sometimes um writing i don't know i do also like writing essays because i can listen to music while i do it i don't know i have this kind of thing where i don't mind a lot of classes um but I would have to say, um, I do enjoy reading, but I'd have to say probably because of that, like sometimes reading is just like a big bother to me. Cause again, I can't, I can't listen to music for that. So like, um, I would say probably, um, sometimes English when we have to read like a really long thing, sometimes I'll just get bored really quickly. And then I never end up doing the homework. I'll just procrastinate reading a long book for a very long time. So I'd probably say that is probably my least favorite subject because of that. Um, but yeah, I do actually genuinely enjoy school which is not something that a lot of people relate on (laughs) especially if you can say that at this point after this year of how we've had to go through school (laughs) i appreciate that will yeah (laughs) yeah and you can like i always find this fascinating people who can listen to music while they do math or 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 writing like i can't do that I try and listen to music that I've either listened to before a lot. So I just, it doesn't surprise me like whatever I'm listening to or just ambient background music. Sometimes even soundtracks from movies or stuff. That's just not really anything that will really occupy my brain too much. Just something to keep me interested in the work and not, you know, get distracted. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually pretty funny because my, my partner is one of, one of these people. She can listen to music while she works and in some ways needs to have something on in the background. Uh, and she, one of the, the stories she likes to tell is that, especially to me, um, for reasons you'll understand why, is that when she was in college, um, she would write papers to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Oh, wow. um, and so, and, but she said afterwards, she goes, she would always have to go over them and edit out the word quest and see it, you know, <laughs> as it would inevitably appear multiple times when it didn't need to. <laughs> That's awesome. No, but I just find that like super impressive because I can't do 
I don't know. Back me up here, Jen. Am I crazy? Like I can't, I can't listen to music, watch. I just have to have like, you know, my cone of silence. Mm. Um, for me, it depends on the task. Sometimes I like having some music on. Um, I can't really watch TV while I'm doing work. I get really sucked into the, because like I said, I, like it's like happening to me. So, so I can't, I can't do those things like work and then be in a plot at the same time, but I can listen to a little music. It's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay, I think it's time to start to put a, a wrap on this podcast. Um, and to do so, uh, we've actually got a new segment to try that I'm currently trying to think of a snappy name for. Um, right now, I'm just calling it Life Ratings. But if you're listening to this and have any better, more creative ideas than that, uh, please feel free to send them in. Either email me or leave us a voice message or something. Um, but the whole idea of this segment is that we will poll the community, or we have polled the community, uh, with a list of five random things. And we on the podcast are now going to rate the top choice on a five-star rating scale. So today, Jen, what are we what are we rating? We are rating breakup texts. Oh, I'm very curious because I have a very strong opinion about this. <laughs> I mean, I think the first thing is we have to congratulate the PVPA community for choosing the absolutely most awkward thing to have us rate live <laughs> on air. Yeah, I think that the other options are like what, like squirrels and stuff, like <laughs> just. <laughs> Yeah, Duncans. Like, come on. Like, yeah. can, we, can we, you know, can we do like a a live rating of Duncans? <laughs> Much rather. But no, on on one one star to five, will what? Where where do breakup texts fall? Um. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely it definitely has to be low. I've <laughs> this. Um, I think I would. I I think I would rate them a a one. I think I would rate it a one. I think that would be a a, a pretty a pretty fair rating. Can you share, do you want to share your rationale? Yeah. So pretty much. Okay. Most of the time they're not the best idea. There are like very, very small circumstances where they, they can be somewhat acceptable. I think it's always better to either be in person, which is the most acceptable. But if you can't be in person, I think I would much rather go with a call rather than a text. I think a call would be more intimate if you can't meet in person. Yeah. It's all about that, like, personal connection, right? Yeah. That you that you, know, that you want to make right before you sever it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh it's a dark way to put it, but yeah. <laughs> so... Despite that this might feel a little awkward, I'm actually super interested in this because um, I'm really fascinated about how communication is evolving during the pandemic and how it will evolve after. Um, and like as a theater person, you know, there's like so much material there. Anyway, I think my personal opinion, I think breakup texts are, are, really, are really bad news. I have really strong opinions and I don't know how much I'm going to go into that here. but. Um, I would like, I would be like minus, like it's minus on the scale, like, like work to be accountable and have the communication that you need to have. And in-person communication is, is hard for us right now. So I get that, uh, 
I get that it's tough to do it in person, but I agree. Like I think Will was saying, like the phone call is mm-hmm. is appropriate or or preferred. Um, I would I would go that route first. Yeah, and like what you said about like even though it's hard, right? Like, but there are levels of like electronic communication, right? Yeah. Like, you know, all based on, I don't know, some perceived, you know, sort of notion of, of, of like, I don't know, like accept- acceptability or something. Like, you know, we could we could even like make this a like, oh, let's rank electronic communication from like, <laughs> you know, most personal to least personal, like email, text, you know, <laughs> phone call, you know, TikTok, right? Like, you know, how, like, where, where do the, all those fall in the personal, personal rating? And it, that seems to be what the conversation's about, right? Like, you know, text is a pretty crappy way to do anything that's really fraught. Yeah. It, it would, although it, it would be pretty awful to break up through a TikTok. That, it's probably really public, right? I mean, I barely understand TikTok, so I shouldn't even open my mouth around this. <laughs> no, it, it definitely, I mean, I'm, I don't have the app, but I'm, I do know you can make your account private, but it would still be public. It's like having an Instagram account. If it's private or public, it's, it's up to you, but it's still technically public. Yeah. Or like a, it'd be like a breakup tweet, right? Like like you can't not, like it just, you know, it's, it's, it would be so much worse because everyone can see it. (laughs) Oh my God. So conversely, Mm -hmm. so, you know, if if we've established that, you know, this pro this probably has a very low rating, but like, would the initiation of like of a relationship, like say like asking someone out, like, Mm-hmm. via text would that be acceptable do you think i think it definitely can i think that happens a lot now and i think it's because of how much of like i, I don't know because it, it happens a lot now because i think it's kind of one of those things where like if it's just like on your mind like a lot and you're like this is something that i have to do and then you text the person and then you just don't have to think about it until they reply if they reply which if they leave you on red is, is pretty worse. But um, I, I think it's, it's definitely more acceptable, but again, it's, it's definitely better in person as just like an overall experience, but it's definitely something that people do. And I think it is better than a breakup over text. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like in some ways the subject feels like very, you know, like what, what else do we say about this? Right. Like, yeah. 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 yeah kids don't break up via text. If you've learned <laughs> something from this podcast, like have a shred of humanity and you know talk to someone in person yeah or and and don't ghost yeah don't ghost that's that's terrible that's just (laughs) that's so that's so me i get if it's an accident i've definitely accidentally ghost people before like i'll accidentally open a message and then forget i opened the message and then just totally blank my mind to respond but if they text me again i'll be like oh i'm sorry (laughs) but (laughs) yeah um that's a difference between forgetting and ghosting. Yeah, definitely. that's unintentional. Yeah, but if you're just completely ignoring the person, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so hang on, like this, this, this introduces a wrinkle to my understanding of modern communication, right? Like, you know, like I'm not flatted this lingo of ghosting necessarily, right? But is there like a statute of limitations on on non like non replies that officially makes it ghosting? It's like, oh, if I forget to text you back in a week, is the, you know, but because you know. Like, oh, like they're ghosted. Are you being ghosted or ghosting even though you just forgot? Right. Or is it like, oh, you know, if I haven't heard from from them in a year, like, yeah, probably being ghosted. 
I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think, I think after a year, I think that's when... <laughs> Wait, so, so waiting a year, hold on. No, I definitely think it's shorter than a year, but I think after yeah. you realize that you definitely have been ignored for a long time. <laughs> I mean, that was me being snarky, right? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, oh, like, suddenly is there, like, a time limit involved here? Because, like, like, what do you, I frequently forget to text people back. And, you yeah. know, I have a bunch of taciturn family members and, and friends, you know, because we're all from New England who just, like, don't communicate via text very easily. <laughs> um, so I'm like, oh, is there, like, you know, should I be consider myself, like, ghosted? Like, you know, my family no longer wants to talk to me because I don't receive texts back in a month. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. There's a lot of, like, subtle rules of yeah. this kind of communication that, are not super clear cut. Yeah, it's definitely kind of something that's interpreted on everyone's own part. Like it's 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 nothing that's like clearly like stated. Um I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it depends on like the intention behind it cuz like someone could be like really busy for a week and it could seem like they're ghosting you, but it's really just the fact that like oh, maybe they went to like a camp or something and they did, didn't have Wi-Fi or something like that. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, and also I think um, there's there's such an overload of digital communication right now mm-hmm. that it's easy to get lost in it. So, like, um, I've often felt ghosted by like people I'm collaborating with on projects because I haven't heard from them in a week or two, and then they're like, "Oh my god, I didn't even see that you sent this." Because yeah. I had 4,000 other emails or text messages on my phone. So I also totally get that. Yeah. But I, I think I agree with you, Will. Like, there is an intention that um, I think you can feel. So yeah. I think that's kind of important. Yeah. And, and even sometimes that is also difficult to read, too. And that's the other problem with text is, like, you can get a text message that someone is meeting as a joke, but you don't get it because it, you're reading it seriously. And that's, like, probably one of the worst parts of right now is because I mean especially like teenagers like we we call but we don't call that often like it's normally just quick text back and forth to one another and sometimes they're very difficult to interpret oh I was just gonna say isn't that what emojis are for (laughs) yeah (laughs) but even sometimes those have like different meanings to them too which is like just really difficult to figure out because like a lot of the times like I can't think of an example off the top of my head but like there's like sometimes emojis like just have different like said meanings to them and maybe you don't get it or maybe you do it's just like it's really weird it's just about understanding the person you're talking to I think is the I was just gonna date myself horrifically and share that when I was a teenager um we talked on the phone (laughs) to the point where you'd like run up your family's phone bill and like cost like I'd have to pay back my parents the money that I was on the phone for. <laughs> like you'd like find a spot, lay down on the floor, be on the phone, like this plastic thing would get really hot next to your head. <laughs> like a whole thing. And now it's just so different. So So was it considered gauche to break up via the phone? Well, oh wow. Um <laughs> You know, that wasn't really a thing back then, but I think, yeah, if you didn't get a phone call, 
Also, I used to write letters to the <laughs> we used to write letters to each other. I'm talking about like high school students writing letters to each other in the mail. Yeah, you wouldn't really worry <laughs> about that too much now. <laughs> and I'm not talking like I was born in 1856. Like this was this was a while ago, but not like 1800s. And so, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of things have shifted really rapidly. So, but yeah, ghosting via phone call. I don't know. I don't, I guess we did that. We probably did. Sure. I don't know. Like I'll, I'll take everyone's word for it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school. We, uh, we, we did, uh, we texting was just starting to be a thing, but it was mainly phone calls and, you know, I don't know. I generally, you know, didn't like to talk to people in high school. So all the etiquette was kind of above me. It all felt like, you know, some kind of massive pride and prejudice, like this whole idea of like social rules and social norms that I just didn't want to be a part of. <laughs> like that movie need, or that, that book and movie need to be remade in like the texting world. Be like, <laughs> oh, gasp. Like, guess who Wickham was texting and FaceTiming with last night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw something even recently is like, if like Home Alone was made now. Like the parent forgets the child, and the child just texts their parent, just like, "Hey, I'm kind of you forgot me." <laughs> yeah, it would have been solved so much faster. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's true. Um, almost as fast as we probably put the rating on this. Truth be told, right? Uh, I think you know we can agree on whether or not you know we go down this rabbit hole of like ghosting versus you know tweet breakups versus like you know old school phone conversations. We all agree that you know. Text breakups, uh, one out of five stars, you know, if not negative, um, you know, let, let us know your thoughts. You know, maybe we should have a, should introduce the negative scale because, you know, first time we do this naturally, we have the time, you know, be the time that the subject wants to break the, break the scale. So, you know, one out of five stars, if not negative five stars. Hope you learned something, folks. <laughs> so think that will put a wrap on that conversation um and that's probably all the time we're going to have for today so uh jen and will do you have any last words you want to say uh, or shout outs you want to give sure um i'll just say thanks for having this podcast happen austin it's really nice to have this break from the regular routine for all of us to listen to and um i just want to encourage everyone to keep keep finding something good each day. Um, keep practicing kindness. It's really important. And um, I've been really appreciating my students for sharing moments of joy with me each day. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really, that was, that was definitely a good way to uh, wrap it up there, but uh, yeah, definitely just, I hope everyone's staying safe and I hope everyone's just doing something fun for themselves too. That's definitely really important right now. Yeah. Awesome. So again, uh, thank you. And I will just remind the listeners that this has been REPVPA um, and that if they have enjoyed this and would like to submit questions to the show, um, look for the link in the morning announcements or just email Austin, which is me, um, or go and visit our website at anchor.fm slash REPVPA. Um, to submit a voice message. It's actually a really cool little feature where you can record yourself asking a question. Um, we got our first one last week and it was a joy to listen to. Um, we all love hearing from you. It's your questions that make this podcast tick. So 
please send them in and we will do our level best to answer them and our level best to uh, give you good advice about breaking up. And with that, it is time to hit the button on our outro music and shout out those artists who have made this possible. The logo design is by Jasper Dearborn and the music is by Emilio Pereira Tosado and Patrick Conway. A special thank you to the whole PVPA community for supporting this project and being amazing artists. We look forward to hearing your questions. Thank you.